What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to season two, episode 48 of Hit the Books, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down the latest news and trends, provide analysis, and offer up our best bets in betting advice. So let's jump into this week, uh, this week's episode of Hit the Books. On this week's episode, got loads of sports to work with. Honestly, a handful from each league as we get closer to the NFL season. It's really all I got. I mean, roundabout general information about every league i'm ready to go jump into all the news nothing else for me let's jump let's introduce my co-host huff ace and mackie huff let's start off with you this week buddy what do you got for us not much going on with me uh like i said a uh, lot of lot going on in the sports world this past weekend i look forward to i was watching a lot of golf this weekend uh brian Harmon won the uh open championship i ended up live betting that on saturday morning plus 275 i think i locked it in at so a nice little weekend golf bet. Don't really bet golf too often. So anytime you hit one on the bigger events, it always feels good. So um, had a decent start to the week with some baseball picks. Today's been rough so far, but hoping to get this Blue Jays first five money line in. And uh, other than that, not much going on. A lot of a lot in the NFL world going on. A lot of these NFL running backs are starting to make their uh, start to sign their contracts, like we said last week. So excited to get into that stuff. Yes, sir. Lots of good stuff there, Huff. Mackie, let's shoot over to you next. What do you got for us, buddy? What's going on, guys? I'm, have, I'm a little jealous that Huff's in person this week, but um, me and Ace are still obviously virtual being on the other side, of, not on the other side of the country, but a little ways away. Um, not much going on. 44 days till the NFL season. I'm a crackhead with crack right now with this. Um, just can't wait for this season to start. I'm sick of the MLB season. It's the only thing we have right now, and I'm getting my ass beat right now, so... <clears throat> So, uh, waiting for the NFL to come on, and uh, yeah, it's basically it. Yeah, MLB's tough. We talk about it each week. The card doesn't represent what we're doing, but, you know. All right, Ace, let's finish it off with you this week and jump into this week's episode, episode 48. What do you got for us, buddy? Yeah, I mean, a lot of baseball going on. We're in the heat of it right now. It's starting to get going, you know, when the trade deadline approaching as well. My Red Sox are playing some good ball. Got some tough news on Patrice Bergeron, but uh, we'll get into that and some plenty of other stuff. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, you said it. You hinted in there on a little NHL point. We're going to be on, or point in on there. Hone in on there. Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron. I'm not talking today. Jeez. But uh, let's jump into this week's episode. Let's start off with the top three segment. I think Ace picked this one this week. Top three hip-hop rap artists. I think it's going to be a very interesting one. Totally not sports-related. Just fly on the wall. I'm curious to hear what you guys have. Who wants to get us going this week? I can get us started. I got my list here. Um, so I'm going to start off number three. I'm going to go Polo G. Definitely... Uh, been, been bumping him a lot, a lot recently. Obviously, he was huge in like 2020, 2021. Um, he's only been out for about, I'd say, five years, but he's he's definitely up there. He's one of the best out there. <clears throat> Number two, I'm going to go the, the hometown kid, A Boogie. Uh, everybody that knows me, they know that that's my guy, but I'm not going to put him at number one because I'm going to res- respect the GOAT, uh, Jersey Drake. You got to put him at number one. He's the GOAT. He's the best of all time. He's the LeBron of rap, hip-hop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, I got up in him at one. Solid picks. Mac, it's funny because I knew all of our lists were going to be pretty different, but none of those three guys really uh, came into my thought of mind. But obviously, everybody has different tastes. So I, I like it, though. The respect to the hometown, then Drake. I mean, he's good, but he's like LeBron. Either love him or you hate him. You don't love him? No, no. Don't hate him, though. How can you hate on Jersey, man? 
Uh, I mean, it depends on which type of Drake you get. All right, let's hear yours. You go into yours. All right, coming at number three, I got Young Thug, obviously. Free Thugger, The Goat, uh, King Slat, um, Slime and all that. You know, hopefully he can get up back on the streets and making some good music again, but you never know. Coming at number two, I got 21 Savage. I mean, I probably play that guy the most frequently out of anybody. You see all the primetime athletes playing him nowadays, too. I think my guy, even Tom Brady, plays him in some of his highlight reels. And at number one, I'm going to go with the Migos as a group right there. Kind of respect to the OG Migos, SoundCloud era, kind of when we were younger, you know. But they're still great in making hits to this day. Um, obviously, not all three of them, but, you know. I want to <laughs> make you choose one. Oh, that's easy, though. I'll go with Quavo. Okay, yeah. Okay. The Hook God. Ace, Ace is a part of YSL. I have I have one one from each year in my top three. My number three, I'm going Travis Scott. That's one that I just always listen to. I've liked him. He got pretty big uh, a couple of years ago when Astro World came out and stuff like that, and got uh, more kind of mainstream than I thought. But always I always liked him, and he has another Travi Patty this month. So yeah, the McDonald's stuff that was all, that was sick. I totally forgot about that. Number two, I do have Drake at two. Uh, and then one, I did the same thing as Ace. I, I took the whole group of the Migos. That, that Ace, you knew that was going to be my number one there. Yeah, I mean, how can you not put them in there? Obviously, when you go with the three, people like Mackie will make you choose. But when you get them together, that flow, they changed the game. They changed the game. Guys, Migos haven't been relevant since like 2020. You asked me my favorite, dude. You didn't say recent. Yeah, Mackie's, Mackie's list had a lot of recency bias, I think, with Polo G in there. He's definitely really good, though. Yeah, I mean, I bump him the, the most probably. I like Kodak and Lil Yachty, Juice World, all on the fringe, but I thought, no, dude, no, oh Jesse's still up, but none of us have said somebody yet that I'm pretty surprised. I think my list is pretty basic, but number three, I went Snoop Dogg. Just the dog, just like you know, he he's been around WWE and stuff lately, and it's funny to see him. He's a funny dude. Um. Lots of good stuff there. Yeah, exactly. Number two, I went Migos as well. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Quavo. Classic. And number one, I did Wiz Khalifa. Pittsburgh gang. Sticking with a duo. That's a good pick, though. He's he's definitely in there. If I was from Pittsburgh, I feel like he'd be in my top three easily as well. I see. I I don't. I don't mind the Migos pick, but I think you guys are sleeping. Quavo's. I don't. I think he's the worst out of the three. I like no, to, I no. like take off the best. Take take is fire and off. off what about when you get a Quavo music? feature on somebody else's song? He always Quavo's knocks it out of the park. Quavo's just the vocals, man, because he he because he auto tunes the shit out of his voice. I love auto tune. I'll say that on the record. I don't care. <laughs> Lil Uzi, you Lil Yachty, Travis Scott. Then <laughs> no, I like Travis Scott too. I mean, come on, how can you not? The beats that they get with them too, but definitely some hype music. I mean, you see it around sports big time. Look at these guys. Migos just played at what? The NBA All-Star game a few years ago? I mean, definitely relevant. None of us said a little baby, and he's probably like I'd All say top two most popular right now. So he's great. He's, kinda, he's great. Uh, he's he's sitting there. He's in my top five, definitely. I listen to him a lot, but you know, I gotta respect the top three. Yeah. Little baby, a little Uzi are two that I listen to a lot, but I wouldn't think to put them into my upper echelon of favorites. Gunna's pretty fire too, even though he got mm-hmm. rat written all over him. I still like him. I don't care. Yeah, wanna flow for sure. Not like I'm involved. No, no, we'll we'll throw that on. I mean, his his song "Fuck You Mean" was like top of the charts for how long? Yeah, but I don't even think that song's that good, to be honest. 
It, it's it's still good. It's like an anthem. Yeah. Alrighty, boys. Very good top three segment there. Top three rappers, hip hop artists. Solid picks all around. Very good diversity, honestly. I mean, we didn't have very many overlapping other than Migos. But good stuff it's there. Be interesting fit in the fit in the graphic of a three heads in one slot there for. for very the true. Worth it though. <laughs> Alrighty, boys. Let's jump into the MLB. This week, we have our power rankings, just like every other week. At number five, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number four, the Tampa Bay Rays. Number three, the Texas Rangers. Number two, the Baltimore Orioles. And number one, the Atlanta Braves. Solid list across the board. What do you guys have to say? The Astros are taking the Rangers spot come next week. Dodgers. Oh, wait, is the Rangers in top five or Dodgers? Uh, the Dodgers are number five, but the Rangers sitting at three. I mean, I don't know if they slip out, but the way the Astros are handling them, and I think they're about to steal a division. Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez just got activated. I know we're going to jump into that later, but I mean, this team's primed for a big jump, in my opinion. Yeah, Astros definitely sitting right on the outside, but um... Jordan Jordan's back now. Correct. Him and Altuve both tonight. Oh, I got to get him on the lineup. Correct. Been told. Oh yeah, I see. I'm just looking at the lineup now. He's at DH. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah that's at, big look, for them. Look at those. Uh, look at those Rays slipping. They're, they're so steady at one another. They're lucky to be to even uh, get in next week at this point. Haven't they been like at 500 baseball in their last 70 games? I saw something like 33. So they, they started 30 and nine. They started 30 and nine, and since then they're at 30 and 31. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I mean, and the O's overtaking them in the ranking after a nice series right there. We're getting a lot of primetime matchups. Um, another team that's been on the rise, we were talking about before the pod, definitely biased. Look at the hat. But the Boston Red Sox just stole a game from the Atlanta Braves, the best team in baseball. And now they're only one game out of the playoffs in the best division in baseball. I mean, who saw that coming? Maybe me, but nobody else. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I still think they're going to miss, but they are they are overachieving this year. They are... I like the Red Sox this year. Big Devers fan. Got that series win over your Mets over the weekend. Yeah, Excited well, you know, that if one. you didn't get if you didn't get that, then you guys are in trouble. The Mets, I, I lost all faith. Every win they get, I I kind of like got a little more faith. I was like, oh, we can go on a run here, and then they get beat like seven nothing or something, or the bullpen gives up like nine runs, and then I remember why we're in the situation we are. Just know, two weeks from now, I'm gonna say we're gonna have very different top five rankings. That trade deadline is going to alter everybody's lineup and top teams are going to be shifting up that make the right moves and those who miss out are going to fall out. I feel like someone like the Orioles is right in that boat. I think that's that's a solid take because there's those teams like like the Orioles, obviously, if they want to make a push. They, they need to go get a true piece. To I mean, they're a good lineup. They're in first place in a tough division, but I think we all said that last week. None of us are taking them to win the American League this year with that pitching staff that they have. They'd have to go out and get something. They need some type gonna, of veteran presence, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I might change my opinion on them. If, if they're steady like this and they end up winning that division, I could definitely see them coming out of the, out of the AO. I'm, I, I probably wouldn't pick it, but before I just kind of thought it was like one of those things where they were kind of going to slow down the second half of the season, maybe get in a wild card or something like that. But 
they're they're strong, man. They're really good. They have the hitters, and the, the pitching's not terrible. Yeah, do you, I, I figured you're gonna say that they've been performing well, but this is my counterpoint to the Orioles' argument. It's not so much their lineup and their youth; it's about that inexperienced pitching. They're playing very well this year, but guys like Bradish, Wells. Um, I know they have Grayson up too, and they have a few other young guys. They haven't really been in those pressure situations before. Good pitchers, but I think when it comes down to it, that AL East is a dogfight. You got Huff's Blue Jays they bet on today with that nice hit. That's a team that you got to look at that's got a lot more experience in them. And then you look at the whole AL as a whole. You have the Rangers and the Astros. You have still the Yankees and the Red Sox right behind you. I mean, these aren't easy teams to, to keep out of the race. Yeah, I've been I've been riding this Blue Jays team the past like week or so. This has been I haven't really been betting too much baseball. This has been a team I've had my eyes on the past week or so, and they they've been good to me. Obviously, up six nothing right now in the six. I took that first five money line and um, Ace Santana, uh, Carlos Santana just went yard three one Pirates for that uh, Padres bet that you were telling me about. A lot, a lot of game left. A lot of game left. Got to trust those bats to come alive. Hopefully, top it's, over. <laughs> it's the top of the ninth. Thought it started a little bit later. All right, well, there's still life. There's still life. <laughs> who's, the clo- game who's the closer for the Pirates? Uh, I don't even know who's going to come in here. All right, probably that's a good on. thing. It'll probably all right, that's... He's healthy. Yeah, all right. Well, hopefully the Padres can figure it out or else they're blowing that parlay after the guards crushed today. Weird Me team, those Mac Guardians. Are... Do, you think, do you think the Guardians can win that division? No, I think the Twins are hitting a, a I think stride. Twins, yeah. Twins are good. I think it's the Twins division to lose at this point. The Guardians are so pesky, though. Like, they're always sticky around. They've been in the playoffs. They have guys like Jose Ramirez, and Shane Bieber going on the IL really hurts them. But, I mean, Tanner Bibby, he threw a gem the other day. That They just produce young pitching left and right. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a race. You know that division always is. But uh, Guardians found their way out last year, so. Maybe they can do it again. We'll see. All I know is that's easy pickings if you get the uh, winner of that division in the first round. Make sure to check out our Instagram and Twitter every Tuesday. I think it's, yeah, Tuesday for our MLB Power Rankings. Lots of good stuff each and every week as we review those on our show like we just did. All right, let's jump into our first point here in the MLB. The Red Sox have sent Enrique Hernandez back to his former team, the L.A. Dodgers. Huff and I watching them now. I think we just saw him bat. Uh, Playing in a utility bench role, Enrique will provide some depth for the team that has its eyes set on another championship. I mean, I think this is a good ad. He played, he performed well when he was with the Dodgers before when they won the World Series. Uh, Kike definitely helped that run for the Red Sox when he won. So shout out to him. But I feel like it was a great time to sell for the Sox because he doesn't do much for us and go on a run with his former squad. Yeah, I think a change of scenery was definitely needed for him, especially going back to LA where he's already been, uh, where he's already familiar with. I think it's a good move. He's one of those guys that's a postseason performer too. Not that big of a news, but it's it's a good it's a good ad for a team that's looking for another ring. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't think it's anything too major, but for the Dodgers, that's that's a good piece for them to go out and get. If they can add anything ever, the Dodgers, it's like really they needed that too. Good stuff there. Like Ace said, the trade deadline is approaching. It's about it's one week away. So expect a lot more trades and for us to dive deep into those trades as they come along. 
The Braves turned the first triple play of the year, albeit in a losing effort to the Red Sox on Tuesday. No surprise that the Braves team continues to amaze both offensively and defensively. Yeah, truly, this Braves team is just on top and on top of our power rankings for the past few weeks. Definitely been in them for, I think, every week we've been doing them. But what do you guys think? I didn't actually see this play, Ace. Did you? I assume you saw this against your. It wasn't a true triple play, but it goes down in the history books as one. It was bad. It was really bad base running. It was just a bad read by the first baseman. And then the guy tried to tag up at second and he tagged up really late. It was pretty stupid, in my opinion, but it was literally a routine fly ball. Um, it looked like it was going to drop, I guess. Yeah, it looked like it was going to drop, but it wasn't really that close. Threw it to first, doubled them up, and then the guy at second tried tagging up to go to third, and it wasn't even close. It caught him in a rundown. Yeah, such bad base running, like Mackey said, because he was already hung up from the tag since he thought it was going to... He was already advancing because he thought it was going to drop, and he's so far away, and then you're going back to the bag, and then you're going to go again? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, thank, it, was, it was a terrible call. <laughs> thank God they won that game, though, because that would have been a big blunder right there. I mean, two on, no outs, and that's what you do. Not your routine, like... Third to second ball, to first. Ground ball, yeah. stand on, step on third, throw it to second, throw it to first. It was, it was definitely a broken triple play, but I'm surprised it's the first of the season. I feel like they're... I mean, I guess they don't happen very often, but I'm surprised they don't happen well, a little more so often than that. I'd say probably a couple of seasons, right? So the last one was in September of 22. So not too far off, but... um we might get another one this year. A true one. I didn't get to see that play either, but it would be nice to see a true one happen rather than a just a fluke one like that. Alrighty, the next point we talk, we're going to talk about the baseball Hall of Fame here with greatness on the field and humility off. Scott Rowland and Fred Crime Dog McGriff have joined the Immortals in the Baseball Hall of Fame. All the though these two have earned this honor. Many are debating whether guys like Pete Rose, Barry Bonds should have gotten the call to the Hall. Point Ace, did you put this one in here? What are you thinking? I did. I, at first, I definitely want to shout out those two guys for getting in. I mean, I remember as a as a young and definitely watching them play. Fred McGriff, I believe, the second Tampa Bay Ray to be in the Hall. Um, can't remember who he joins, but that's a pretty cool feat for him. And then Scott Rule, and we remember him as the, on the Cardinals teams that were winning World Series and consistently there in the NL. So definitely deserve it. However, I I do think guys like Barry Bonds and Pete Rose deserve it again. They're kind of getting blackballed by the league. We know there's other guys that are in the hall with steroid use. Why not let Barry Bonds? And in my opinion, he leads the MLB in home runs over time. I think it's pre- I think it's actually like stupid that they're not allowed in the, in the Hall of Fame. Which one do you think's worse, steroid Bonds or uh, gambling Pete? I mean, I think I definitely think Barry Bonds' stats were inflated a little. Do you see the way that he blew up? Um, he had seventy-two home runs in his in his season. He's all famer. Absurd. Before the Royds, he was a thirty-thirty guy as well. He's a base stealer. No, yeah, he was a he was hitter. But I I was looking at a thing. It was like Barry Bonds through the years, and it was like going through like his stages, and he was probably like a a buck ninety when he came into the league, and he left the league like two fifty, jacked as fuck. But um. Yeah, it was like a two, three year span where he went, where he gained like sixty pounds. It was insane, pure muscle. You remember watching him uh, back I mean, in the day? No, I don't at all. I mean, I remember him hitting his, his uh, record setting home run, but that was like two thousand seven, probably. Yeah, he used to hit bombs. I remember watching that, especially in San Francisco. Such a cool place to watch him hit. I remember they used to put mm-hmm. him in the video game back in like MLB two thousand three as John Dowd. 
just because they didn't want Barry Bonds <laughs> in the game. Don't know why. John, I mean, he probably uh, didn't sign his contract, but it was funny to use. Hopefully one day. Wait, they actually wouldn't put his name in the video game? Yeah, it's like Bill Belichick and Madden, though. They just don't sign their contracts, I think. Because at the time, he wasn't, like, blackballed, you know? John Dad was the go-to for MLB, though. Surprised it's not, like, a PA thing now. Like, if the PA signs it, you got to sign it. Mm, yeah, I know. That's, it's crazy how certain know, guys I'm can not, hold out. Surprised. It's crazy how certain guys hold out, though. Like, for what? You, you ever play with the Patriots and Madden and Bill Belichick's never been in the game? Exactly. That's, like, crazy. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like, is that that important to him? I actually didn't know that Bill Belichick wasn't in Madden. Yeah, it's always some random, random dude. All right, boys, let's finish off our MLB segment there. Move on to the NFL. First point I have here, the Los Angeles Chargers and quarterback Justin Herbert are in agreement on a five-year, $262.5 million extension among all the quarterbacks in the first three seasons. Herbert ranks the top in passing yards and total touchdowns. Is this the year the Chargers can get over the hump? What do you guys think in Chargers keeping that their star quarterback there? $262 million over five. What do you guys think? Mac, you go with this one. <laughs> I, could, I could see them missing the playoffs, if we're being honest. Um, obviously, tough division, tough AFC. This is a team that, if we're being honest, I've said it multiple times, Justin Herbert has never won an important game in his entire life. And he just signed for $262 million. That includes a 30-point halftime lead that he blew in the in his first first playoff game, I think it was. Um, atrocious, pretty bad. But um, Justin, I mean, he, he has all the skills. I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He has all the pieces. He just doesn't have a clutch gene in his body. So if he can figure that part out, then I think he can be top five quarterback in the league. But um, I don't think this is a good deal. I think he hasn't proved a thing in the league and – how do you give somebody $262 million when they haven't even won a playoff game? Mackie, That's a going I, rate for a quarterback. That's like when you have a guy that has even the slightest bit of the potential, they're going to be next up for these contracts. And like what everyone's saying now that Herbert signed this extension is, you know, who's a part of that same draft class and got drafted higher is Joe Burrow. And he's already been to a Super Bowl. So it's like we've been saying for years, like Jalen Hurts signed his deal last year. Oh, what do we think he's going to get? What, what do we think Burrow's going to get? Now Herbert gets this. It's like, Joe Burrow sitting there in Cincinnati just like, please, please let every quarterback sign before me. He's like, I'll sign last and sign before. I don't know if he's actually going to do it and sign more for more than everyone because he's saying he wants to. He wants to win. You know, take Yeah, he wants to win and take the money cuts and keep everyone around. He wants to keep Jamar Chase happy. Obviously, I think he wants to try to keep T. Higgins there. Like, it's half the reason they're such an elite receiving course. You have T. Higgins as a number two receiver. But, like, I don't Bro. know. It's going to be interesting. Your first contract, I am not. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm not taking a pay cut. Aaron Rodgers just took a pay cut. I understand it. You have a billion dollars already. I agree. I. I said this. I said the same thing. My first contract. I'm not taking a pay cut. It's your first contract, dude. That's insane. I don't think he's. And he's earned it. He's got to got to the Super Bowl. He's the most clutch young quarterback in the league, in my opinion, outside of Pat Mahomes. Um, if you still want to consider him young, but this guy deserves at least three hundred million dollars if you're giving Justin Herbert two sixty two. I'd pump the brakes on the Joe Barr being the most clutch young QB of all time without a Super Bowl win. Without a Super Bowl win, I'm not going to give it to him. I think Patrick Mahomes is still young. So so who is? I just said. Only okay, Mahomes. Just... Yeah, only Mahomes. No one else. Uh, who... is. Once he wins the Super Bowl, I'll give it to him. 
you, okay, I'm saying if you give the most clutch player young quarterback, who would it be? I, I just, I just, it'd be Mahomes. That'd be it. Mackie, remember my maybe take? Lawrence. Mackie, do you remember my take after Burrow lost? Wait, the Super wait, Bowl? wait! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How how would it be Lawrence over Burrow? Because he had that crazy comeback. <laughs> I wouldn't give Come it to on, either I, of them. I just I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, no, personally, I just wouldn't. You said I had to pick someone. I just wouldn't dub anybody clutch until they win a Super Bowl, personally. That's insane that you don't think Clutch, clutch or like two playoff wins. And the reason they lost, uh, the, they're like, the reason they lost in the playoffs wasn't like two picks. You know what I mean? Like, go back to the Tyler Huntley game when Joe Burrow relied on his defense to have a hundred yard fumble six. He did shit against a bad Ravens team with Tyler Huntley at the helm. They escaped in the first round. That's not very clutch in my opinion. Okay, well, it's clutching your first playoff run to beat the best quarterback of the young generation. I think Joe um, Burrow is the clear-cut second-best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not arguing. I just think that I wouldn't dub anybody clutch until they win a Super Bowl. That's personally how I feel. Mackie, what I was saying, do you remember what I said the after we were talking about the Bengals-Rams Super Bowl on here? I said, I don't think Burrow will get back to the Super Bowl for five years. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm still standing by that. I got through one year. I'm going in year two this year. I, I just think the AFC is too tough. I mean, yeah, it's easy to, for. I, I think, he I think he's going to get all this money. I think he's going to get all this money, and we'll see what ends up happening with the rest of that team. I don't think that whole receiving core can stay there. I think two of them are gone. No, I, I think, think I think he'll he'll at least be back there in the next five years. Five's a long. Well, time. Now I got four years. I got four years. That would last year was year one. Yeah. Tough division, okay, tough man. conference, but I think he he's got to get through Mahomes. I think Mahomes literally when it, when when it matters, I think Mahomes will win every time. Now I think he got his last. Mahomes started out what zero and three against them. It's Mahomes got to get those three wins back. Mahomes has those ki- that killer Brady mentality too, where he's not he's not yeah he's not content with just two, I, just three Super Bowls. I said after Mahomes' first Super Bowl, I think they're gonna have four in this decade. I think yeah, easily they're going to have take, at least though. two Easy more. Easy take for sure. There's no other quarterback at that level, even close. Joe Burrow's the next After closest. Hurts, I mean, it's, yeah. he just needs they sooner or later they're going to. I don't know how many, how, like how many years, how many more years do you guys think Kelsey's going to do this? Three to five. Three to five. Because of, say, just because of Mahomes. Just I was going to say I was going to say three. I say minimum. I was three. more questioning you because he went as far as five. Like he's like, dude. I, we didn't we say this last week. He's thirty three or something like that. Yeah, he'll be thirty four when the season starts or something like that. Or not when the season starts, by like week five. I remember that. But you listen I to the way he talks. Thirty nine. Yeah, I, I said three to five. Injury, obviously, injuries always are, are always are in question. But I, I'd say three years are you, you're good for that. And I'd say they get for sure one Super Bowl out of those next three in the next three years. But the way that the, the way that those the tight end position is so weak nowadays, I mean, he's going to be the best even at an old age like that. And especially the yeah, rules now, of the physicality, the physicality taking out of the NFL nowadays. Do you think there will That's ever the be a situation? Thing. Do you think there will ever be a situation that, like, I don't know, I, if he, he leaves the Chiefs? I, no. I was just going to say like that he's not that good, and they kind of are like, dude, we're still He'll trying retire. to win Super Bowls. Like, no, 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 he's going to retire, Chief, because he'll have two more Super Bowls under his belt probably before he makes that decision. I think he has. I think he's going to play four or five more years. I'm saying how much do you think he's going to be Mahomes and Kelsey, Mahomes and Kelsey, Mahomes and Kelsey? I'd say four. I'll, I'll say three minimum 
I wouldn't say. I don't know about five. Five's a lot. It'll be thirty. Five's a lot. Five is thirty-nine. No, but Huff, thirty-eight. Let's think about. It. Let's. I know Gronk's age very different, but because of his injury past, I'm going to compare their ends of their career to be the same. Even when they're at the end of their career, though, they're still a dominant player on the field, just because of their skill set, their hands, their savvy, their blocking, their size. And I think the only reason Gronk wasn't as good as Gronk should be on the Bucks Injuries. is because it took a year. That too. Injuries, but also plagued his career. But I, I want to I get back to the Justin Herbert point real quick because I, I didn't get to give my take on that. Um, real quick, Mackie, how does someone get that money? Because A, the quarterback landscape in today's NFL, but also Justin Herbert deserves it. If he passes the eye test, you have all that money to spend. Why wouldn't you spend it on him? You guys went out and gave Dak Prescott a bag, but I'm sure you'd be happy to have Justin Herbert as your quarterback. There's not many young guys in the NFL who you'd take over him nowadays. And he's going to be in this. going to use that comparison. Yeah, he's going to be in the NFL for years to come. If he left the Chargers after and didn't extend here, he would have gotten even more money, I think, because he's that good. And I know that he's in Patrick Mahomes' division, so it makes him look like he's unclutched. He plays for those Chargers who don't know how to put things together. But if he was on any other team in any other division, he'd be a perennial, um, perennial playoff team. He wasn't playing Pat Mahomes when he lost, but he blew a 30-point lead in the playoffs. He wasn't yeah, playing Pat Mahomes when, we went when he over lost that. Game. When he, walked, when he lost week 18 to Derek Carr no, on that's, his home field that's fine, to get but into I the playoffs. Still, who are you, how many quarterbacks are you taking over him nowadays besides anybody named Allen, Burrow, Seven. Mahomes? Yeah, that's not many, though. Okay, but uh, there, people talk about him in a top five conversation. Look at the drop-off. Look at the drop-off after the top, like, eight. Look at the drop-off, how bad it is. I don't think I, – I, okay, him or Kirk Cousins? Okay, him he's by a lot. Bad him. It's – him, yeah, really, him by a lot, a yeah. lot. I like Kirk Cousins. It's, it's. I'm taking Herbert by far. I, I, I'm not big on this guy. I don't until think, he does I don't think he that's pro- a good comparison because the age comes into play there. Yeah, but he's not, it's not yeah. even close though. Justin Herbert, what he does on the football field, Kirk yeah, that, Cousins can't that, even dream of doing. That might have been a bad take. Okay, but even okay, Dak Prescott, he's not that much better than. Yes, he's he really is. not. He's a no, he's lot not. better, he's in my not. opinion. Huff, what do you think about that one? I'm taking Herbert over Dak, but I, I'm, I, I'm taking I'm taking Herbert over Dak too, but it's not drastic at all. I think if Herbert I, was a if I think if Herbert was in Dak's situation for the past three years, they would have at least reached. The Chargers have, have been better. Probably the Chargers are the like Cowboys a cursed team it. throughout our see, life. I don't know. They're that, like the Browns. A, see, the, I was say, dude, the Chargers are not a drop. If you take both those quarterbacks out of the game and. Don't even account for them. The Chargers are probably a better. No, but the team. franchise itself—it's like the Browns and the Cowboys. They're all really good at losing when it matters. Yeah, but Dak gets all the hate for it because they're he, in the same he, situation. But he plays. Dak poorly. actually has two playoff wins. I don't know. I just but think they're in the same exact situation. And Justin Herbert is looked at as a top five quarterback, and Dak's looked at as one of the worst, most overrated players in the league. The floor for Dak Prescott—we've already seen his ceiling. The ceiling for Justin Herbert is so high; it's like past Josh Allen level. And his we, floor, we're not, but we're not. His floor, yeah, we're I think not his floor. I think Justin Herbert's floor is better than current Dak Prescott easily. I don't know why you're so low on that guy. He's really, really. good. I'm not low on him. I'm just saying he's he's not clutch at all. It takes so much away from his game. He's never won an important football. Yeah, game that's fine. Life. Not clutch, but worth the money for sure. Yeah, that's what I, that that was the original point. We're saying I think he's for sure worth quarterback money. Like you're paying him that deal. Okay, he's yeah, like, he's uh, worth. Okay, I'm just I'm just thinking of off the market value right now. Obviously, he's he's going to get paid the money if Chargers don't pay him. Somebody will. It's just crazy to me that a guy like that's making two hundred sixty two million dollars. 
It's accurate. I think he is, but I think he's. I think he's really. I also, said, he, he I sells also said, jerseys and he puts asses in seats. Like he has got. Like I'm telling you, I agree with Ace more on this. Like I've said, I'm the one. I'm one of the guys that put him in his top five quarterbacks. Like I had him in four. I think the potential, like Ace said, I think it's through the roof. I think top he has a two or three again. But I'm not even talking. I'm not worst head coach in the NFL. That's my problem. He's in Mahomes' division too. Like I've I've already I've already said if he can if he made his way to a Super Bowl this year, I'd put him in my top five. That's, that's the main. The, thing that's that's the only way. There. Yes, his numbers are really good. Especially, what if he beats Mahomes? He beats Mahomes in Kansas City to go to an AFC Championship. He loses in the AFC Championship to like Burrow. I, I, I can bet my life on it. He does not beat Pat Mahomes for, to get to the AFC Championship. I don't think that has to be the bar though. If he has like a, a, a successful season of 30, 35 He's, plus he, and he less than twelve. Has, he always has successful seasons the regular season, and then when the when the pressure's on, he can't get the job done. You that's think that's his fault or the team's fault? It's it, it, he blew a thirty point lead. I don't not know. Brandon Staley. It, Brandon Staley's not like that coach. a good coach. He's not a good I coach by any means, but he did not blow that thirty point lead. Justin Herbert maybe had to have one good drive in that entire second half, and he couldn't get it done. He couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, neither could Austin Eckler, and he's in the top five running backs. Okay, you're not going to blame the running back. You're going to blame the quarterback of a team. Yeah, I'd bring the coach for a 30-point loss, personally. That's, you're just... You don't think so? That's not even, no, not even close. Play play calling comes into play, dude. If they they totally abandon... It comes into play, oh my God. Who do you blame for a 30-point? I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, someone's gotta go out there and execute the plays. The coach, the coach can't go out there and play the game. Like, someone's gotta call the play. They still gotta go out there and execute it. But, I mean, if you totally avoid the pass game and you're trying to run all these little sweeps and dunks, try to, try to kill clock, like... For example, the Indianapolis Colts, they had that 33-point lead this year at halftime against the Vikings. Colts completely avoided the pass game, tried to run the clock. They got three and out every single time. The Vikings got back on the field, scored every single time they got the ball. They won that game in overtime. The Colts only had seven wins last year. They're not, they're not uh, Huff, you can. I was going to bring up that comparison, too, that same exact game. I'm blaming the coach. Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl 23, I'm blaming the coach, not Matt Ryan. He was an MVP. Hmm. I, I see both. So you're sides. just taking the blame off the players, so you can put the blame on the coach. He didn't play well, but I still think he's worth the money he got. I, I'd take him over almost everybody besides two or three guys in the NFL, and he's going to be a top five, top seven quarterback at least for the next seven years. Yeah, I think he has high potential, 100. percent He just hasn't shown any of it yet. But he's I never he's he's living in Patrick Mahomes' shadow. If you're in his division, if you're in his conference, you're not gonna see the light of day. It's like Tom Brady did for the Patriots, in my opinion. See, that's what's tough for me is like obviously I love Russ and like now he's in that division too. So like I like Mahomes, I like Russ. I'm not saying Herbert's up there as like one of my favorite players, but like I'd like to see them have a successful year. But there's just so many guys in the AFC that I like. Like all the stars are in the fucking AFC. Like that's a guy I would have liked to see him maybe kind of test the market like bet on yourself you i think he was in a position he could have bet on himself and if the chargers aren't that great of a team like figure something out get the fuck out of there bednar just walked in a run in the bottom of the ninth eighth you ace you have a really good chance of this going extra innings a lot of game left if you've walked in a run it can get worse there's two there's only one out but who's tommy calwe it's hitting who? Who is that? Worst case. It's 3-2, bottom of the ninth, one out. Base is juiced. 
All right, you guys. Whoever he is, he's big, Ace. Yeah, young, I think. He's a big dude. Good stuff there, boys. Lots of good uh, back and forth. But let's jump into the, these running backs. Running back Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants come to an agreement on a new one-year deal. They'll pay him $11 million. Saquon becomes the first of the running backs holding out on a deal to sign. Where do we think the rest of them are going? How do we think the rest of them are going to end up? Who wants to start on that one? The New York football giants. Uh, I'll start us off here. I, I think this is kind of interesting because he's the one holding out, uh, ends up signing a, the franchise tag or whatever for end up getting like an extra like nine hundred to a million nine hundred thousand dollars to a million bucks. Um, holds out still gets still only gets a one year deal. I don't know. Maybe that's what he was looking for to try to reset the market again next off season. But I don't know. I don't get the 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 point of holding out and trying to get all the extra money for all the other running backs, and then you end up signing for an extra nine hundred thousand dollars. That's in incentives anyway. I don't even think it added anything other than I think it was a two million dollar signing bonus, and then. The rest was an incentive, so uh, like I, I just didn't really get why he held out here. Yeah, me either. I mean, especially after they did all the theatrics of having a FaceTime group call, and he was one of the ring leaders of that, and then you just go and put your pen to the paper on some bogus-type deal, in my opinion, that doesn't ensure you any stability for years to come. Um, you think? Do you think he's kind of saying, like, all right, fuck the Giants. I'm going to sign a one-year deal and, like, if if da- if you want to give Daniel Jones all this money, we'll see what he does this year. And if he's not that good, he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, but didn't he just get tagged essentially too? Like, yeah, they, so, I mean, they could tag him again. Yeah, but how much money did they spend on him on the tag? Like, how much like more little- money is he making in his contract they signed? Why is he going through all of these? things just to sign for a bit more money for a See, one that's year what, deal. That's what I was confused about because the franchise tags like the average of the top three running or the top three of the position or something, you know what I mean? But I guess the average for the highest three running backs isn't a lot. No, no, it's definitely under eleven, but still I mean just like going through all of that for what? Like you didn't get the multi year deal thing you is, were if seeking. You're gonna sit out, if you're gonna quote unquote sit out for a one year eleven million dollar contract, yeah, the eleven million bucks, we'd all do anything for that. But like from his standpoint, you're holding out for a, a multi year deal. You're trying to get more money for running backs, like trying to make a statement. You're the best, arguably the best running back in the NFL, him and McCaffrey. And like he ends up, if, if if I'm him, I'm at least not signing through training camp. Like I, I don't get the why now. Like if you're gonna do it for the one year deal and kind of let the giants win here. Like I said, unless he's trying to bet on himself and like, I'll see what I can do next year and try to reset the market again when the cap goes up. But I don't know. I didn't really understand him signing this deal. All righty boys. Yeah. These running backs are definitely the hot topic right now. We'll definitely cover more on those next week and beyond that. The cornerbacks are the next topic here. Cornerback Marcus Peters is signing a one-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Upon that, Cowboys and cornerback Trayvon Diggs have come to an agreement. Five-year, $97 million contract extension. Cornerbacks up now. What are you guys thinking? Mackie, what do you think here? They locked up their guy. Yeah, I like Trayvon. Um, I don't know if they probably should have put the money elsewhere. I know you got to – got did they sign Zach Martin? Yeah, no. No, not yet. Yeah, see, like you gotta you gotta sign a guy like that, and then CD CD Lamb's contract is coming up too. So what are you gonna do with him? Um, I like Trayvon though. I guess I guess he's worth the yeah. money. I, mean, I was gonna if, say, if I we think, don't pay him. 
if we don't pay him, somebody else will. But I was gonna say he's um, gonna get this contract anywhere else. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see where the where what they do with the with the rest of their money though. I think it's a good deal because he hasn't even reached his peak yet. And how many years did you say it was for Jesse? Six? Five. Five. I mean, he's gonna be in his heyday for that, and he's just getting better as well. We already know he has the intangibles of being able to get those turnovers, which is so hard to do with that position. But if he can add some more like I said it before, but savvy and some knowledge to his game. He can be a really good player, especially learning from Stefan Gilmore now. I like that a lot, but Mackie's not wrong. I think uh, with with that signing there, you're definitely going to see Tony Pollard out the door next season. Yeah, you know, there's just not enough money to go around at this point. But um, yeah, I like the signing. I'm not going to say I'm against it. Especially with the way that the Cowboys sit now. I think I saw a rating the other day that they were like number four or five to win a Super Bowl this year. So you get him for now and the future. It's a pretty good signing, in my opinion. Yeah, but that defense has come together. He was one of the big pieces to put it together. But now with Gilmore, too, Van Der Esch, everybody's a year older. They have some guys that are going to break out, in my opinion, on that D-line along with Parsons. So. Good stuff there, boys. You guys hinted at this already, but Dallas Cowboys six-time All-Pro guard and team captain Zach Martin, who has been unhappy about the team's lack of interest in restructuring his contract, did not report to the start of training camp. Yeah, this is this is that's that's the big one. That's the guy you got to get locked up, in my opinion. If you're if you're a Cowboys fan, I know it's not the flashy signing that everyone wants to see, but um, he's a 99 in Madden for a reason. The dude's a stud. He's the best interior interior lineman in the in the league right now. So. Uh, there's a reason he's holding out. I uh, young, uh, old twenties. You older twenties. Twenty eight, I think. Twenty nine, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say twenty eight, twenty nine. But um, he's the best. He's the best guard in the league, and he's paid. I think not even top ten in guards. I think he's like right at ten. But yeah, what's he looking for for a deal? Do you know how how many he years wants, he's looking he, for? He wants like I think like five or six years, probably like eighteen, seventeen million a year. I think is the top guard in the league. That's so tough probably. for the Cowboys. Yeah, how are you gonna he's not gonna give you five more good years. That's the thing. Probably give you what, three? Three to four? Yeah. Linemen Two. are another thing. Yeah. They're like people think like off as a lot interior linemen are just like you plug anyone in there. It's like I watched it last year with the Steelers when they were just plugging anyone in there out there and it's you can tell when there's no chemistry on the offensive line and they can't do anything. So Ask like, Najee Harris. He, believe me, the running back doesn't want to run behind it. The quarterback doesn't know when the hell he's going to get blindsided. It's, it's. I mean, it really sets up the whole offense. It's like, like I said, it's not the flashy signing, but like someone on the offensive line. If any of these top offensive lines in the NFL, the top guy on their in their starting five is making over fifteen million dollars. Whether it's a center, left tackle, that's left tackle money is eighteen twenty million. Trent Williams, I mean, I think he makes twenty million dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know that the Cowboys, the Cowboys, they want to do that probably, but they can't. They can't afford to be giving that money around. They have so many young guys they have to pay. I'd risk. I'd risk a couple of the Steelers' young guys to get a a guard like that on the inside. Yeah, sure, a lot of people would. But the way that the Cowboys can can churn up those uh, linemen nowadays, why would they want to go spend that money there? It seems like whenever they find someone, they can turn them. Like we say, the Steelers are a wide receiver factory. The Cowboys are somewhat of an offensive line factory. Yeah, yeah they definitely are. They always, they always find uh, a couple years ago. He retired early on you guys. He was a stud. You know what's very interesting, though? The state of their run game come two years from now. If you lose Zeke, now you lose Pollard, and you lose Martin. 
it's going to look very different with a new group in the trenches and a new ball carrier as well. Yeah, it won't be too pretty. Didn't they draft uh, a guard a, a guard decently early this year too? I think our first first pick was um I think he was defense though. Yeah, I'm looking at their draft picks. Defensive line, tight end. No, they actually didn't even draft a guard. But they have some young ones gonna on that line. Him. He's gonna he's gonna get his money. He's not going anywhere, but what are you gonna do with C D in, in a year? I think it's the next year. That's a tough one. Isn't Micah coming up on his deal soon too? He was a rookie yeah. what last year? Two, no, years, two ago. years ago. Two years ago. He's he's going into his third year. CD Lamb, Tony Pollard, Zach Martin, Micah Parsons all gotta get the bag. Jeez. Micah Micah's the most important guy to sign. Oh easy. yeah, for sure. For sure. You gotta keep him. The receivers are replaceable. Same with the running backs. Tough to say with someone like CD Lamb because you'd hate to see him go. But yeah, there's there, there's another flashy guy in the SEC that you could find to plug in there and do the same thing. He went to Oklahoma. I know, but I'm saying I'm saying like <laughs> any of those. I know, I know what you're saying. I know a power five wide receiver. Yeah, really any power five. True, like Clemson. Even even those West Coast teams get some uh, good receivers nowadays. Yeah, Big Ten. I feel like Big Ten always had. Big Ten's been pretty elite with receivers lately. Like nothing, no one like crazy, but they've just been like each team has been putting a guy in the league each year. Like in a highly drafted slot too, first or second round. Yeah, Marvin Harrison's next up. He's projected to be like a top three pick out of this draft. So was it like Diami Brown? I know Nikhil Harry was a bust going back a few years now, but. Garrett, Garrett Wilson last year to the Jets, it's a rookie of the year. Like, I mean, Ohio, it's mostly Ohio State guys. Ohio, Ohio State carries the Big Ten. It's mostly Ohio State guys, but like, even like Penn State has like Jahan Dotson. Um, I forget who else. There's, a, I mean, I could name guys, but I, it's definitely mostly Ohio State carried. It's funny because you think Big Ten, you think tight end, right? Yeah, Chris Olave, yeah, it's, it's, Smith, it's, it's, it's Brian Hartline the, in Columbus coaching up those Ohio State receivers. Shout out to the former Dolphins receiver. Yeah, he was he was good. Met him one time at training camp. A little slot guy, good for eight to ten yards every play. Yeah, he'll teach you how to get on the field. That's for sure. Yeah. Alrighty, boys, good stuff there. You guys already hinted at Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs, but he was asked when the Chiefs team will be considered a dynasty, and I said, I think we're beginning the beginning of one. I always say you got to win three. Yeah, Pretty good I think, statement. I think we're all in agreement here. I think we. I said he'll get one for sure in the next three years. I think maybe two appearances there, but uh, I think it's one at a time. I definitely think he'll get another one for sure in the next three, maybe if not the next two years. Brady's seven's pretty lofty, but I think you might be able to get one for every finger on one hand. Yeah. I really, I <laughs> truly think five is realistic. Which is crazy to say, though, because he only has what, two? Yeah, but that, that loss to the Bucks was killer. That, that being in the home stadium. Two Brady, too, to like, make that gap even bigger. Yeah. Could be, it, could be, it could be six to three instead of seven to two. And he has that over him that he beat him in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, yeah. if, if Mahomes can do it for as long as Brady did, I think he can definitely get seven. 
but I don't I don't think he's gonna be able to do it for that long. I mean, his style of quarterback. Tom Brady was such a perfect pocket passer. It's so easy to play at at a at a longer rate when you're when you're just a, a system quarterback, and it works perfectly. So, um, I don't think he's a system quarterback. Why not? Because he went Who? to the Bucks and won in his first year. Well, no, I don't mean like he only won because of this because of his system, but he's a perfect pocket passer system quarterback. No, I know. I just had to give you a little flack because the Patriots fans oh, up here I'm, definitely yeah, take some. We definitely take some heat when they call when Brady gets called a system I, QB. I'm like, oh, I, whoa! I, 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 you don't take that in the wrong way. Brady's the goalie's best of all time. I'm, Your no, pocket no passer is what you meant. He is the way that he he plays. He plays like an old school quarterback. Technic, technically sound. No, you're not wrong. And we saw it's crazy because Mahomes can play through those injuries, as we saw last year in the Super Bowl. We didn't even think he was going to be on the field for the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl, if you remember that. But that's going to take a toll on you in the long run. And as the age catches up to him, those legs might not be as good. He might not be able to get those off-balance throws as well. But, I mean, he's going to be doing it year in and year out. The only thing I am a bit worried about is what we Huff was alluding to earlier. That AFC is a slaughterhouse. You have Burrow, Allen, Herbert. Lawrence, just to name a few, that's a that's a tough conference. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough a tough road to the to the to Lombardi every single year. Yep, Pickett's gonna be sitting on the couch for the off rooting for Mahomes. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, we didn't say him. Yeah, and now Aaron Rodgers too, who just extended for two more years. I don't know if you guys saw that today. He just extended for two years, seventy five mil. Who? Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't even played a game for him. They're extending him. He likes what he sees. He's like 40 years old. And yeah, let's get two more years out of this. We really like what we see. <laughs> hard knocks. No, hard no, knocks no, hero. One day, of, all the pop, money they got one day of training camp. They're like, yup, this guy right here. Yeah, we've never seen anything like this. And even though we've already seen <laughs> Brett Favre go to the Jets and do the same exact thing that I hope Rodgers is going to do. There, uh, Favre didn't have this many stars like around him. Like that, he, I he mean, was older good, too. He was a lot older, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he was like truly 43, 44 almost. Did he play till he was like forty four? Yeah, but 45? he played with the Vikings for a few years and went on some playoff True. runs after that. True, I forgot. But still, about the, the tail end of he the thirties. He had he like was truly so old. white hair. Looked like he was fifty five. Is in his last season. And he went to like the second round of the playoffs. But if you remember with the Jets when he was there, Aaron Rodgers Wasn't literally following Alexi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. They that had, was what. Came, wasn't that his two thousand yard season? Yeah. Did they have Percy, Percy Harvin too? Maybe. I think. Returning kicks. That was when Percy Harvin came onto the. Porterell Patterson might have been a rookie. Too. No, that was that was that's no he, no way. There's no way Cordero Patterson and Brett Favre were on a team together. Yeah, Percy Harvin. Then I, I yeah, they always had a good return. I'll give you, yeah, Percy for sure. Yeah, Cordero could, came. Who was a quarter? I think Cordero Patterson. Who was the quarterback there before Kirk Cousins? Like, who was that gap quarterback for them? Sam Bradford was there for a little bit. Um, who was right before Kirk Cousins? Does any do, do you know this? Who knows ball the most? Who was a Vikings oh. quarterback before Kirk Cousins? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. That, I didn't know that. That's he was it. drafted that to them, right? Yeah, that's it. Before he, yeah. that was before he started tearing his ACLs. That's, that's why they had to get go get you like that, Kirk Cousins. I just remember the the Vikings with Dante Culpepper back in the day. He was a dog. I couldn't think of that, Mackie. That's that's good. I would I would have thought I would have thought of it sooner or later, but I couldn't think of it. I, I don't know why I thought of Sam Bradford because they paid him all that there, money. 
I was sitting there thinking, I was like, yeah, this wasn't even that long ago. I have to know this. <laughs> yeah, he was drafted highly by them too, I think. Out of Louisville, yeah. He was a he was, a he was high weirdly prospect. like really late first round or really early second round. Similar to Lamar Jackson, those Louisville QBs. Yeah. <laughs> Any ACC quarterback that's not Clemson. But it's funny how Rodgers is like following in Brett Favre's footsteps. It's it's hilarious to me. Even though he allegedly wasn't tight with them. Favre has uh, three Super Bowls? No, I think two. Does he have one or two? No way he only has one. So they're literally like the same person. Yeah. That's why Jordan Love's going to do the same progression. You watch. Oh, no. he had. I think he had three... Uh, yeah, appearances three MVPs, three P MVP or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was Favre only won one. He's he's been, he's one and one in the Super Bowl. He he only has one ring. Look up his MVP. I think he won it like three years in a row. Maybe not though. Let me see here. I'm looking this up. He was also the first quarterback to obtain 70,000 yards, 10,000 10, passes, 6,000 completions, 500 touchdowns, That's and, and victories over all 32 teams. It's just because he played for fucking – how many years did he play? Sixteen, twenty 20 years. Yeah, he's a dog. Loved watching him back in the day. He reti- his last year was 2010 with the Vikings. Yeah, he won. Wait. Because didn't Adrian Peterson rush for 2,000 yards in 2009? Yeah, Favre won three MVPs in a row from 95 to 97. That's cool. Before we were born. That's He must have been so dominant. Puff, what was your question? Uh, I don't even remember. Mackie, how crazy is that? Though, that it's literally the Rogers timeline: three in a row, one ring. Right? Crazy. It's a, it's a mere. It's a mere quarterback in this. In this. Far at least has went, has been to two Super Bowls though. He has that over him. <laughs> he might have lost, but he's been to two. Rogers choked every year in the NFC Championship. Yeah, he has an NFC Championship over him. Is a good way to put it. Because what, what was Rogers' record? Like one in four, maybe. One in three. But yeah, interesting. We'll have to see how that uh, contract plays out. All righty. And this next point, I'm particularly excited about a new era dawns in Washington and for the NFL. NFL owners have unanimously approved the commander's sale from the Dan Schneider family to a group led by Josh Harris for a record $6.05 billion. In the 24 years that Dan Schneider's family was the owner, they went through three team names, two playoff wins, two first-team All-Pros, and one FBI raid. Congrats to Josh Harris. He is now part of the 76ers, New York Devils, Crystal Palace Football Club, and now the Commander's Ownership Group. So very impressive resume for him. Just hopefully going to lead this team down the right path. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with this organization. A lot of changes throughout the year, but this one's definitely for the better. And hopefully it can turn that product on the field into a better uh, better team. Uh, much to Mackey's dismay if it can come true. But um, I'm eager to see if they go with a name change here or something like that. Definitely going to sell a lot of merchandise and uh, hopefully Chase Young's uh, healthy for this this organization. If they change their name for the fourth time, third time, 
four names in what four years, five Would years? Would you be surprised though? I think if they change the name, it's truly just to get away from and wipe everything, everything. that's related to Dan, Dan Snyder. Snyder. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Is that is that in talks or are you just like? Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. big in talks. They 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 want to change names. They don't want to. They don't want anything that was related with him. Yeah, they don't want association to that. Rightfully so, though. That's disgrace to the league. What happened there? And the, the uh, only thing they'll keep is the colors, like just like they did when they went away from the Redskins yeah, to the Commanders. Gotta keep the color scheme. But hopefully they can improve the field too, because that's one of the worst stadiums in the NFL. So I've been told they'll get a new they'll get a new stadium. It's in DC. There's a market like the, I mean, we saw when they were good. I mean, how many years ago when Kirk Cousins was there and RG three was there? Like they're an electric team when they're good. Like I think they're a pretty cool franchise. It's just they've obviously gone to shit the past couple of years. Going to be relying on a rookie quarterback this year too. Not too high of expectations in a tough division with three other playoff teams in their division, but I think they can get back to their. Uh, Stout defensive ways. I liked I liked them a lot. Like with RG three there, dude, they were electric. Yeah, I know. Until he hurt his knee twice in the same season. Yeah, and then they moved on from Kirk Cousins very quickly. I didn't understand that. Yeah, I didn't like that. I I thought they should have kept him, but I mean, they have some of the best players on the field on both sides of the ball. They have Terry McLaurin. They have uh, Chase Young. So I saw something. They're the only team that hasn't had a All Pro or first team All Pro in the past like so many years and the only guys that they do have are like special teamers yeah it makes sense i i wouldn't be surprised if chase young can get healthy for a full year if he can crack that list but a lot of names on that defense darren Payne. um i think they had ionitis as well some other ones that i'm forgetting but that, that team's actually got a lot better if pieces it, than you what's think his name? what's that safety's name curl he had a really oh yeah cameron year. curl yeah he's good They're, they're, they have some pieces, like you but said. But that's Jahan a tough Dalton, division. Tough division. Brian Robinson, like if they, I mean, I, I don't love Sam Howell quarterback, but I don't really know what you're going to get you out of him. So, yeah. I mean, I guess they'll wait and see. I think they're going to be big in the free agent market for a quarterback. Not obviously this year, next year. If if they don't get anything out of him, they might get a high draft pick. If they get a high draft pick, I think they'll go quarterback. If not, if it's kind of like a middle of the pack season, I think they're going to be big in the pack, or in the race for a free agent quarterback next year. Because I don't think that team is far off from winning. The NFC is not that great. I mean, they are in a good division, like you said, with the Cowboys, with the Eagles, and the, I mean, Giants. the Giants. Are the, the Giants are there too. True, but I, I truly think if the if the Giants lose Saquon, I think that that script flips pretty quick. I know we say running backs don't really do too much, but I, I don't know. I I just think Daniel Jones is so takes advantage of having him in the backfield so much that I, I really think the Giants run through Saquon. So I think I, I think if he leaves, I mean, that's a big if because he just signed a one-year deal. But I don't know. I, I think this commander's team has pieces. And like I said, the NFC isn't the greatest, but that division is tough. Yeah, I think honestly the way to me it looks, at least with that roster, they have a lot of these good young pieces, but they're not splurging on any veterans or free agency moves. They're sticking with the young guys and seeing what they got because they know – that the Cowboys and the Eagles are all in right now. Giants, like you said, they could be in shambles if guys leaves. But they're all they're all in right now to win Super Bowl. So you got to think a few years down the road when those uh, commanders hit their stride and they build up with some assets through the draft, that's going to be their time, in my opinion. Like I, I honestly thought the commanders were in serious play this year to get like Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I, I thought Lamar Jackson, if anything, but not surprising that they're not spending right Sam now. Howell. 
Tons of tough division. They're not spending right now. Like I said, I think I think they're doing exactly like I said. I think they were like we're not really willing to spend the money on an older quarterback or someone that could get hurt like Lamar Jackson. They're like, let's see what happens this year. We might get a high draft pick and take Caleb Williams if if Sam How Sam Howell is really that bad or Drake May, whatever his name is at North Carolina, or they might just try to spend the money elsewhere on a free agent quarterback and draft a lineman for him or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't think it's a bad route. Because you're not winning that division this year. No, they're not even really in talks. I'm saying even if they had like a, I, I guess if they had Lamar Jackson, they were immediately in play to win that division. But I'm saying like, I don't think the Commanders get as much hype as the Jets get if Rodgers goes there. Do you think he, they would have a chance if they did add, add Lamar? I don't think so. I, I do, but if he's on the field, a better obviously. chance of the Giants. That defense is actually really good. But um, I definitely think they would have had a better chance than the Giants, yeah. Uh, dude, Giants are going to be scary this year, I think. I thought the Giants had the most fraudulent season of all time. People are so high on Daniel Jones. but still I wrote the Giants game. so hard last year. <laughs> they still want a playoff game. Yeah, no, I know. I just don't think they're a good team. Like yeah, the team- they, everyone, everyone kind of thought they were fraudulent last year and for good reason, I guess. But uh, they... Good coach, though. Good coach, though. I'll say they have a good coach. Yeah. Brian Dable is definitely um, one of the better coaches in the league. That's what Herbert needs. I like Dable. Mm. Yeah. Switch Herbert. Herbert. Switch Herbert and Daniel Jones, and Herbert's going to have an insane. He'd, he'd be in the playoffs every year. He just needs anyone but Staley, honestly. Good stuff there, boys. And let's round out this NFL segment with our positional rankings on the defensive side of the ball. Today, we're going to take a look at top five safeties coming into this new season, 2023. Curious to hear what you guys got. Who wants to get us going here? I'll, I'll start us out here. Um, I did this kind of off the, off the dome, just kind of thinking of names in my head. So there might be a couple I left out, but these are probably my top five personally. I don't know if they're necessarily going into this this year, but uh, Tyron Matthews is my number five. Uh, guy I've always liked throughout his career, now down in New Orleans. Um, I think he's really helping hold down the secondary in that uh, New Orleans defense. Uh, number four, I'm going to have Justin Simmons, my guy out in Denver. I think he is a Pretty good, pretty good spot to have in this top five. I think uh, I wanted to get him in there somewhere, but I thought he's one spot ahead of the Honey Badger at this point of his career. So I'm going to go Justin Simmons at five. Uh, number three, I got Buda Baker in a tough situation down there in Arizona on a tough team. Uh, we saw the videos last year, him, you know, coaching up, coaching them up during the Hard Knocks videos. He just wants to win, and I don't really think you're going to have too much winning this year in Arizona, but. I got Buda Baker at number three for safeties. Number two, I got uh, Derwin James out there with uh, on the other side of the ball of Justin Herbert. We keep bringing him up, so I got Derwin James at number two. We saw him flip Kelsey, the one that's kind of his big highlight play. Um, but Derwin James, electric, electric safety. Uh, I liked him back at Florida State. Now seeing him do his thing in the NFL, definitely got him at number two. Uh, and I said this last week. He's the he's the unanimous number one. It's it's Minka Fitzpatrick. It's the best first round pick the Steelers have ever used. Traded that to Miami for him, uh, and he came in here was a turnover machine his first year with the Steelers. Uh, he's been great for us ever since, holding down the defense when uh, him and TJ Watt, those are the best. I mean, I love that two, that duo we have on defense, and 
uh, he's definitely holding down that number one spot for me. Yeah, I, I saw that coming, but that's a good list there, Huff, especially off the dome. Um, let me jump into mine before we get into discussing these real quick. Honorable mention, I'm going to go with Kevin Byard, um, a nice cornerstone of that Titans defense, getting them to the playoffs in and playing playoff contention year in and year out. A little bit older, but coming at number five, I'm going to have Buda Baker right there. Down year with a down team, but still one of the best safeties in the game. He can do everything. His athleticism is insane. Obviously, he's got the low light with DK Metcalf catching him from behind on the interception, but still a star nonetheless. At number four, I'm going to go with Antoine Winfield Jr., um, a Super Bowl champion for the Tampa Bay Bucks, probably the youngest guy out of any of our lists as well. I think he's going to keep skyrocketing up the uh, leaderboards. Don't be surprised to see him in your top three in a year or two, and he's going to be great just like his father was and build on that Super Bowl rookie year. Coming at number three here, I'm going to go with Justin Simmons as well, Huff. Um, I know he has help with certain, which some people might say, but he's a stud week in, week out. Justin Simmons is on your radar. The teams are talking about him. You're prepared for him every week. One of the best safeties in the league has been for a while now. Um, Coming at number two, it pains me because Derwin James is so good. How is he not number one? But I'm going to put him at two. Ever since Florida State, he's been doing his thing out there in L.A. I know he's dealt with some injuries, but like you said, lighting up uh, Kelsey was a nice highlight. But he can also – he can do everything. He plays everywhere on the field. He can catch the ball. He can hit. He's all over the ball. He can get in the backfield too. And he puts fear into those offenses. And then number one, I think Minka Fitzpatrick. I know everybody loves T.J. Watt, but I think Minka Fitzpatrick's the best player on the Steelers. He affects the game so much. I just remember watching last year when he made that block. Even on special teams, he contributes. Like That's crazy to me. Um, great deal. Can't believe that the Dolphins moved on from him. But let's remember, he was drafted as a cornerback, I believe. And his transition to safety is really what made him. So, got to give Minka that nod at one. Yeah. Um, Huff, me and you hey, actually Who was your three? Vet. Sorry. Justin Simmons. Huff, me and you have a very similar list. I, I, I started with Justin Simmons at five. Uh, him and Pat Sertan have something special going on there in Denver. Hopefully they can have a better season this year than last year with uh, Russ in his second year out in Denver. But uh, number four, I'm going to go with the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Um, he's been doing it for a little longer, and I, I feel like he's solidified himself in that conversation always year in and year out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respect him and put him at four. Uh, number three, Buda Baker. Like Huff said, uh, you're in a shitty situation situation out in Arizona and probably not going to win many games this year, but he's definitely still uh, up there in the conversation for one of the best safeties in the league. Um, same as you guys, Derwin James, number two, want to put him at one, but there's, there's definitely a guy better than him. And it's, it's Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, like he said, crazy that, that Miami would even get rid of him, but that's a steal for you guys over there in, in uh, Pittsburgh. And he'll be, he's good. He's definitely gonna be the most dominant safety in the league this year. I think. Mackie. Yeah, Mackie, we truly have the same the same five, except you, we just switched Matthew and Simmons. Yeah, we just switched Matthew and Simmons. Mine's so similar to your guys'. Five, Kevin Byard. Four, Justin Simmons. Three, Buda Baker. Two, Derwin James. One, Minka. Yeah, I think, Ace, where did you have Buda? I think that top three is unanimous. Or do you not have it? You had him at five. I had him at five. Yeah. I have Antoine Winfield at four. I mean, I got to get the young guy in there. I think he's just getting better and better year in and year out. And uh, he's going to stand out with not many... Uh, big names left in that division, but I think he's a key to that defense. You remember that swagger he had as a rookie against Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl, throwing the piece back in his face. That was iconic. And, uh, Oh yeah. 
his, his bloodline itself come from his dad. But I like Jesse's list right there because you can't really go wrong with any of those guys. Um, those are the top guys at the safety position when you think of them. Those are the vets that have been doing it for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I, lot, Tyron Matthew, want to put him in there, but I think he's a little past his prime. I know you could say that about some of the others, but I think he was really in it when he was winning Super Bowls with the uh, Chiefs. Yeah, I wanted to put Kevin Byard in mind too, but... Past um, his prime a bit, maybe too. Right there. I can't wait for my Jesse. boy Kyle Dogger to get in. He's going to get in there in a few years, I think. Alrighty, let's keep our wheels rolling and rolling to the NHL. Patrice Bergeron announced his retirement from the NHL on Tuesday. Bergeron played all 19 seasons of his NHL career for the Boston Bruins after being selected in the second round, number 45 overall in the 2003 NHL draft. He finished his season or he finished his career with 1,040 points, 427 goals, 613 assists in 1,294 games and was voted the Selk Trophy as the best defensive forward in the league, a record of six times, including last season. Huge congrats to Bergeron on a great, great career. Stanley Cup champion. Lots to look forward to there. Let's go over to our Boston Bruins correspondent, Ace Ventura. What do you got for us, Ace? Bergeron's retirement. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely disheartening news. I kind of saw the writing on the walls. We thought it was his last run last year. He played on that $1 million discount. Obviously, he won the Selkie, and he had a great... Great season, great career, but um, he's got a young family. He wanted to he debated going home with his father's health and whatnot last year. And we know how much of a grind the NHL season is, so definitely earned his rights. We're going to see 37 in the rafters next season, which will be great. Um, got us that cup back in 2011. Got to shout him out for that. Uh, only one I've seen in my lifetime. Wish he got a few more. Should have had a few more, but what are you going to do? Now it's a new era in Boston sports as officially Brady Ortiz. Paul Pierce, I guess you could say, and uh, Patrice Bergeron have now retired. That's the founding fathers of my Boston generation, but tough blow for the bees in a salary cap crunch coming up. The founding fathers of Boston sports, that's funny. Yeah, of the dynasties, at least, of when Boston was really good my lifetime, like... How many championships have those guys combined for? At least been a part of it, even I was like say you gotta say combined for because the Celtics and Bruins are not a part of that Boston dynasty. No, but if you count all of the all of the finals that they've all went to, like in oh, their yeah. lifetime, that's crazy. Well, like Patriots Bergeron's been the two. Patriots nine. Bergeron's been to three. Um, the Red Sox, three? yeah, the Red Sox have been to four. Um, Celtics been to a couple. Who the Bruins actually, lose three. to? The Blackhawks and the Blues. Oh, they lost one of the Blackhawks. I do remember that. I, remember, I was thinking the Blues one. I didn't know they lost one of the Blackhawks. Okay. Yeah, it would have been two and three years. They lost in 2013, but that was right in the midst of like, it was either the Bruins are going to win two in a few years or the Blackhawks were going to win two in a few years, and it was the Blackhawks. But I think the Blues one was the one that slipped out of the slipped out of the way. That was the one you really needed. Yeah, it was a tough one. Yep, on home ice. But he's got 2011, so at least he'll be immortalized with him holding the Stanley Cup. First ballot Hall of Famer, though. You think they renamed the Selkie after him? They should. He's King Selkie. Yeah, it's because he never got the MVP or anything. Like, that was his, <laughs> like, award. 
Yeah, just the way he plays, though. I mean, his face-off percentage year in and year out, his penalty kill rate and time on ice, like the matchup he plays. Think about that, yeah, Hoff. You remember the NHL when... is so old school. If there's not an award after Gretzky or Lemieux by now, there's there's he's not getting the. the no, the no, I don't. I don't think he gets named it. But I'm just saying, like when you think of that, you associate with Patrice Bergeron. Just like the matchups every night, you see him on the ice every time Sidney Crosby jumps on the ice. It's like, oh, Bergeron, you're out there again. It's like he matches up so well. He's like a third defenseman. His stick lifts, like the chemistry, had, and then he had the skill on the other end. So great career. But now we got Charlie Coyle leading the way. And a few Boston fans that I've talked to, this is their point from it, though. You remember that Panthers series when Krejci and Bergeron were out and they were rocking with Coyle and Zaka as their top two Cs? I mean, they were a lot more physical and a lot more juice in their legs. And maybe that's the style of hockey they need. So I wouldn't close the book on these Boston Bruins just yet. Looking forward to a solid NHL season coming up, but I have another point here. A tweet went out that was talking about the debate between Patrick Kane and the Penguins Evgeny Malkin. It's listed their accomplishments throughout their careers. Three cups each, Calder piece, and so on. Malkin then commented uh, Patrick Kane's number 88 on the post, so we all know he's a good guy, tries to have a good time on social media and stuff I thought it was real funny, as well as I think that's a very good debate, Kane and Malkin. You know, uh, I believe Kane made the top, 100 players or whatever and Malkin didn't and stuff like that so it's something I think we could think about if you guys want to talk about it now or later I just think you gotta you gotta give it to Kane because Kane was the guy in Chicago and obviously as good as Malkin was he's still in uh, 87 shadow so you gotta give it to the guy that actually won his team the cups here but I mean Malkin obviously is stud that the stud that he is um no no disrespect to him I agree with Mackie's take completely. I mean, when you think of the Penguins, you think of Crosby. And when you think of the Blackhawks, you think of Kane. So, like, obviously, you're going to give the lean to 88. One of the best American players of all time, first or second, depends on how you see it. But uh, I think the stats favor him as well, and definitely the highlight reel goals do. Plus, the, the world stage, I mean, Kane outperformed Malkin, too, there, I believe. I, I, I'm actually looking at the looking at the stats right now. On uh, 16 years, I know Malkin's had 300 points, 100 point years. Does do we know how many MVPs Kane has? Does anyone know that off the top of their head? I do can, not. Someone look, can someone look that up while I look at these stats? Yeah, I'm I got gonna it. Use this for my point. Um, so Malkin has the 300 point years. Malkin obviously won the MVP, and I think 0809, and then won the Conn Smythe when we won the Cup. Uh, Kane, they they have the three cups as well. So. I I, I do th- I, I'm obviously going to take the Homer guy here. I I, I think the bigger build, the center. Um, I, I'd take as a true hockey player, I'd take, I'd take Malkin, but I definitely agree with what you guys are saying. When you see the Penguins, you think Crosby, but I, I don't know, dude, back like when they were winning those cups, I know Kane was like the guy scoring all the goals, but I feel like Taves being the captain, like he was looked at as one of the better guys in the league. Like I'm not saying he was ever behind him in that shadow, but like it was always Kane and Taves and Kane and Taves. I, I see what you mean, but like, I don't know. I, I, I I'm going to take my guy, but I'm looking at the stats. So it's, Kane right now in 16 years has, or in 17 years in his career has 1,237 points. Let me see what Malkin has here in his career in, I don't know exactly how many years he has 1,229 points. That's closer than I think. Yeah, he has, uh, Kane has one, one MVP. But um, my, my only argument is that I don't, I, I personally don't think that the Penguins have, three Stanley Cups in his in his uh career without Crosby. Oh, no shit. Yeah, no shit. 
But even if you plug in, like... <laughs> I agree, yeah. Well, even... But I'm saying, even if you... I, I don't think you're, like... I mean, I guess if you could say if you take Hazel out of that Chicago team. But I, I just think that Kane would have more success alone rather than Malkin would have without... You remember how you remember how good his, he was back in his heyday? Like those hands, the commercials he had, the highlight real goals. I mean, he's the reason that all the guys nowadays that are super skilled were eighty eight, and he changed the game for Americans as a whole, in my opinion. Like if you switch Taze and Crosby, I, that that Blackhawks team. Bigger than Mackey here. But Malkin, great player for sure. Both future Hall of Famers. Good debate there, boys. Uh, yeah, I like that topic. Being a Pittsburgh guy, I see why Huff went with the with uh, Malkin. I think I'm gonna have to agree with him. Just watching him over the years, it's just he can be dominant when he wants to be dominant type thing. Let's finish off the NHL here with the Carolina Hurricanes have signed Sebastian Ajo to an eight year contract extension with an average annual value of nine point seven five million dollars. You think he's gonna win a cup with the Hurricanes? If you think the Hurricanes are cup bound in the next few years. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> I know you guys. So I, I know. Point. I know that an Eastern Conference Finals joke is coming from someone, but I mean, you got to think they do. They're so loaded, and oh, it's so good. It lightens up that free agency market next year, though. I, I, I'm not surprised they inked them before the year started. Yeah, I saw something. He's like the leading scorer in Carolina, uh, Carolina Hurricanes Panthers, history. Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We yeah, say it uh, every time. He he deserves some money, ink the guy. But uh, can can they get over the hump? Is the question. I don't know. He's coming really... off an injury too, though, right? No, Terry Vinan was injured. I thought Aho was too during the season at one point. Maybe during the season, but he was he was uh, healthy Out in there. the playoffs. Yeah, and I feel like nine point seven five is a good number for a guy of his skill set, especially nowadays. Keep him yeah, under double me. digits. Right under double digits, he deserves right around there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if he got ten. You wouldn't say like I feel like on the open market, you, he might see eleven point two five. Yeah, probably taking the home count discount yeah, and for eight I years mean, he, too. I was gonna say he's thinking they're they're there for he's gonna win a cup in this tenure. You know what I mean? That's what they're going for. I mean, they think they like what they have going there. Obviously, coming off getting swept again in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't know. This isn't a team uh, I'm picking. I mean. Like we said, they have all the names going in, but they find a way to fucking lose every year. So I don't know. And my thing is I love Brendan Moore as a coach. Like I think he's a great coach, but I don't know. They just like, like we always say with the Browns and Matt Ace, you always say with the Cowboys, those teams that just love to lose when it matters. They're, they're one of them. Agreed. Agreed. And I like their coach there. I like their system. I like everybody they brought in. They just can't put it together. But that shows that Sebastian Ajo thinks they will at some point. Yeah. If they get Eric Carlson, that's huge too. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nuts. Aho, definitely a good piece to keep around there for the Hurricanes. Yeah, I'd love to see. I can't wait to see where Carlson goes. I think it's going to be a total not toss up, but just very interesting. Now that I think the Penguins have moved on, or just I haven't heard anything about that recently. Stuff like that. that, Those talks kind of died down. Fizzled down definitely there, but. I'm sure he's. They're still looking to move him. I don't think the Sharks really have any reason to keep him going. Into right. Year. I agree with you there. Let's move over to the NBA. The Boston Cel- or, yeah, the Boston Celtics and Jalen Brown have agreed to terms on a five-year, three hundred four million dollars supermax contract extension. The deal is the largest contract in NBA history. 
Can the duo of Tatum and Brown get it done this year or sooner or later? What are you guys thinking on this one? I like Huff said in the group chat yesterday or two days ago when he signed this. Um, Tatum's got to be hurt. I mean, number two guy signing the biggest contract in NBA history. Um, obviously, the Celtics think that they can get something done here, and we've seen them get to the finals and they got ousted by that dynasty and the Warriors. But um, they they have the pieces. They just got to put it together. So if they can try to run this back for five more years, I think he signed. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad strategy. Ace, you know what's before, cool? Ace, before you go in, I heard someone say, if you're paying him $304 million now, imagine what you're going to have to pay him when he learns how to dribble. Dribble, yeah. When he dribbles dribble, dribble his right hand. Left hand yeah. Or right hand, whatever. Yeah, you're not left wrong. He can't, do, he can't go left. Great joke, but, I mean, he's like a top 12 to 17 player in the league, in my opinion. He puts up 35 a night on any other team, and he upper echelon by his peak would be a top 10 player in the NBA, in my opinion, if he went somewhere else. But... At the same time, I've seen a lot of Boston fans mad about this deal. Yes, it would have been interesting to see if you moved him and what you could get for him and you could rebuild a whole new team, but why would you do that? Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, yeah, they haven't won you the finals yet, but they just went to the finals two years ago. They went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Teams would kill for that. They haven't hit their peak yet. I think they're going to bring home a title at least once during these two terms here. I think this is a good deal here. I would spend the money if you have it. I, I, I get that Tatum would be mad, but that's just the inflation of the market going up, in my opinion. Tatum would get that money if the roles were reversed. I think you said it I think you said it though. Like you said most Boston fans are kind of mad about it, but like you said he's a top twelve to seventeen player in the league and he's the highest paid player in NBA history. Yeah, I know like that's how the, the contracts go yeah, and that's this, how like the money's yeah. due at this time. He's signing his deal now, but like I don't. I think I don't it's know. an overreaction, personally, because I think of the conf- contracts inflating themselves. I think he'll be surpassed. Was he a free agent? No, he would. He would be. Uh, he would have been dealt if they didn't sign. I don't know. I, I how about this one? You can many, get a how, lot for him. I guarantee. Though. I guarantee. Yeah, like you said, Mackie, you can get a lot for him. But that's the unknown. The un- the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, it would be fun to get these hypotheticals. Nine million dollars a year. In three who can we years, get? A lot of money. Huff, he's going to get passed by that next year by at least two or three guys, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like what John if, Morant or someone. If Jaw can keep a gun off his social, no, a lot of guys though. A lot more guys than that. There's his age, everything. I think him and Tatum, they haven't hit their peak, and they've been right there. Like you said, when he learns how to dribble with his other hand, how good is he going to be? He will be very good with Jace. They're going to win a finals together and i think this is worth the money in my opinion yeah we'll see they definitely need a they need a championship though they need they need a ring for this to be worth it but the good thing is they have a lot of time to get it it's not like it's a one-year window yeah yeah, definitely they do have a lot of time but they got to get there i don't think they i don't think they're going to get there next year i was hearing rumors that he was going to go to Atlanta, and I was kind of hoping he went to Atlanta. I thought that would have been a fun situation for him. What if you got Dame? Yeah, that, that, but Dame didn't want to go to Boston. Yeah, 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 you do, you're right. The, the, it was fun. I liked following those rumors. I was even intrigued. I was like, hmm, I wonder where you get if you move Jalen Brown. But you can't be mad when you keep Jalen Brown and Jason T together for a while. That's a pretty good tandem. That's the NBA, though. It's fun to keep the... It's like that's the NBA. There's rumors all the time. These guys just move around like 24 7. So it's not crazy to be like, could the Celtics move on from Jason Tatum after next year? It's like, yeah, it's a crazy, it sounds like a crazy thing to say, but like 
In the NBA, nothing is fucking out of hand. But it is cool. Huff, it is cool that these two drafted guys, like, they've been drafted to Boston and they're still there and they're signing the state. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, that's that's the thing that I love and hate about the not having my own NBA team in Pittsburgh is, like, one, I don't have, like, a true team. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of root for the guys I like. But, two, these guys fucking move around so much. Like, half the time, like, if you're not a good team – your team is changing so much every year, year in and year out. It's almost like college basketball with how many guys come and go. Yeah, you're not wrong there. And- I just wanted to bring this up. Do you guys think uh, Jalen Brown is the best second option in the league? Oh, easily. No. It's oh, no, Anthony Davis. Anthony no, Anthony Davis. No, Anthony Davis. LeBron, whoever you're considering yeah, the one yeah. there. That's got to be the best one, I think. It's actually. a 1A, one 1B. One yeah. It's a top three. It's a top three second option, though. You can and look at Tatum and Brown as one A and one B. But you know what else, though? It's like the age versus each other, though. Like the second option for the Lakers, we'll say the second option is LeBron. It's the age difference is crazy. Um, that second option is KD or Booker. Like one of the two is it's Booker. <laughs> no, I know, but like I'm saying, one of that top two is a lot older. Like JT and JB is really young. Like that's nice. Matt, I'm taking. Matt, I'm, I'd even. Oh. I'd even right now. I'd probably. Uh, it kills me. I'm probably not right now. I'm thinking of just like other duos, but like Luca, Kyrie right now. I know Kyrie yeah. hasn't been that good there. You're but not, like, you can't put Kyrie up there right now. Obviously, with skill-wise, you cannot, you can put him over him probably, but the, yeah, the, that's, that's the, the availability kind of and, the, and it's just a factor of him. I feel like he brings teams down and everything. I was Yeah, I was looking at just like who's the true best, like second option. <laughs> best Cooper a, is different. Bucket. LeBron yeah. AD. LeBron AD is the only one I think I'd take. But I am taking Jalen Brown over Devin Booker. Me too. I, yeah, I wasn't that's what I was going to say. But, but I will take Jalen Brown over Devin Booker. They're very close and they're definitely like right next to each other. But you said Jalen Brown 12 to 17 in the league. I definitely put him more towards that 12. Hmm. Interesting. I'm I'm pretty high on Jalen or Jalen Brown. I think age he's, two. Um, age two. He, play, he plays on both sides of the floor. Mac, he's high on Jalen Brown, but he's not as high on Jason Tatum. He has Tatum towards the bottom of that top 10, but Jalen Brown towards the top between yes. the bottom of the top 10. I think he's like top four easily. Mac, am I pretty spot on saying yes, that? Yes, you're, you're 100% spot on. Huff, where do you, you have him then? Good, you think it's a good overall? It's a top 12. Like both of them are in the top 12, but you are you don't have Tatum in your top maybe even six. Five. I, I don't I, I don't want to sit here and think right now, but yeah, he's probably right right around seven. Yeah. Six or seven. That's yeah, that's, that's what I was four saying. To, He's, four I knew, to six I knew for he me. was big on Brown. I knew he was big on Brown. But the yeah, ceiling, like, the I, ceiling for Tatum is insane. Yeah, definitely. Tatum, Tatum's him. I mean, he's definitely at the end of the day, he is your main priority in Boston. But, um, Huff, you hit it. You hit it. The head, the nail right in the head. Um, I'm. That's exactly how I think. Excited to watch this duo go on for many more years, though. Good stuff there, boys. Just like the NHL, the NBA is fast approaching, and we're ready for that when it comes to uh, October there, late September. So we'll get into that more as the weeks approach. Let's jump into some college football. We're just about a month away, I think, from the start of college football. So time Back to- in the world of college football. I love it. Yes, sir. Time to get geared up for that. The point I have here, Michigan and the NCAA are negotiating a resolution to an investigation into the Wolverines recruiting practices that will result in a four-game suspension for Coach Jim Harbaugh. Sources told Peter Thalman. I'm going to say Thalman, but it's Thamel. What are you guys thinking about this one? Wolverines are on the docket here for our college football 
What do you think? After after two really good seasons, it sucks to uh, not have your head coach for the first four games of the season. But I mean, what does their schedule even look like the first four games? I'm I'm sure it's not very hard. So. I, I'm not a Michigan guy, so anytime anytime they're in the news and stuff like this happens, I, I I'm a fan of, I, I'm not a fan of Michigan, I should say. So I, I I'm, not, I'm not too opposed to anything like this. But Mackie, when you said that, I did want to look at their first, uh, first couple game schedule that he is going to be missing. It is going to. Uh, it is going. Here I'm it is. I'm a hardball fan for sure, though. I don't think week zero counts, so it's going to be UNLV. Um, actually, no, that should count. It's going to be East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Oh, <laughs> where's, where's the game against Rutgers? In Michigan. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Rutgers is not going into the big house. The and, first, and the, every game every game that he's suspended for, they're home. They're home the first four games of the year. It, it, does, it does mess with the chemistry with the team, though. I mean, especially those freshmen coming in and those freshmen that are, that are starting. They don't know how he is, and I'm sure he can't practice with them or anything so i'm um, definitely going to take a huge toll on this team and it's probably going to keep them from being a top five in the team. long run yeah, yeah. but <laughs> i mean uh, i don't uh, think i think they'll go four and oh in these four games i was gonna say they might they might have a couple problems but they're a 34 and a half point favorite against east carolina week one i think they'll i think they'll be all right <laughs> off you're not you're not taking plus 34 and a half I'd may I'd maybe avoid some of their spreads just for that reason because who knows how they're gonna look under a different uh, different coach. But um, I don't know. Michigan's not a team I I usually I don't know. I like to take them. They're usually a team that pops off in the first half and then lets the other team come back. So I don't know. I might I might have to keep my eyes on this, but I don't know. No, I don't I don't see too much value in taking East Carolina. I don't know too many guys they got coming into this year. Probably someone you know. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> you it's your probably, buddy Joe. Your buddy Joe just came in there. Probably someone one of us three or four went to high school. With. Whoever <laughs> like, gets on, whoever gets on the bus or the plane to go to Michigan can play for him that week. Michigan could send their second, third team, and it, it would probably still be a seventeen point spread without a coach. Yeah, without a coach, it's in Michigan. I know you boys are excited for college football, and we will get to that more as we approach that season. We're very, very close, closer than the NFL, closer than everything else. Huff's handing me here another point. Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. They're set to announce tomorrow. Sorry, for the Big 12, I'm not reading. I'm reading on. Colorado is set to announce tomorrow that it will leave the Pac-12 and join the Big 12 with the move expected to come as early as 2024. This one came together quickly despite rumors for months that Colorado could look to make a jump over the Big 12. An announcement is expected to come tomorrow. Big 12 meeting tomorrow to address expansion and dire situation with both UCLA and USC set to leave next year and no TV deal agreed upon yet. This will make them the 13th member of the Big 12. Whew. Pac-12 is falling apart. I was going to say, yeah, Pac- seriously. Pac- it was looking like the ACC was going to be the one that, that slipped out of the Power 5, and now it's about to be the Pac-12. Definitely. Oregon's got to get out of there next. That Big 12 is getting pretty good now, though, no? Uh, w- they're just the adding. Football. I wouldn't say I like the ads. Like- I like their ads. Those are up-and-coming Houston, teams. BYU. Didn't they add Cincinnati? Cincy, yeah. I like Colorado as well with uh, Prime, right? I don't. I don't like it from a West Virginia fan standpoint. I think it's cool you get to play some different teams now. 
I like watching those guys on Saturdays, uh, Cincinnati and Colorado, that is. So it'll be nice to see them join. Here, hey, see, back to Jalen Brown real quick. I just saw this on social media. Jalen Brown will receive seven million seven hundred seventy-seven thousand seven, whatever, seven, just a bunch of sevens on July first each year of his contract in honor of his jersey number and his Juice Foundation. So that's that's yeah. He be, did the Bobby like, Bonilla type deal. I was gonna say this is the next Bobby Bonilla day. Every July first, we're gonna be seeing Jalen Brown get seven point seven seven million, and he gets his whatever. It'll look a lot better if it has a ring or two next to it. Yeah, that's going to be a big if. Yeah, boys, good stuff there. Another addition to the Big 12 there, as Huff let me know. College football right around the corner. We're ready for it. Let's move into some stuff uh, happening across some of the other uh, sporting ventures. First one, sadly, Bronny James was hospitalized after suffering cardiac arrest during a USC practice. He's now in stable condition and no longer in the ICU, but... We're hoping for the best for him. Hope he continue playing can can continue playing the sport as quickly as possible. You guys got any comment on that? It just sucks. It's terrible. I really hope his career's not over. Because if it, if it's like an underlying heart condition, that that could definitely end his career. Yeah, this this was tough. Whenever I saw this, I was like, I, I kind of like I hate in the world that we live in. I assume this was like fake or something, but then I kind of looked into it more and saw it. They kind of, this really didn't make the news the day of, they said it was the day, day after. The day, yeah. The day after. So that's why I was kind of confused and stuff. But when I ended up seeing it, um, yeah, obviously that's, that's a tough situation is we're all kind of, I'm a huge LeBron fan and I'm waiting to see the day where I get to see LeBron and Bronny play on an NBA team and just hoping that day is still uh, out there and possible somewhere. So uh, hoping, you know, he has everything that he needs to a speedy recovery and get back on the court, maybe sometime for USC this year. I was really looking forward to that. But um, like I said, the bigger picture is what matters with him. I mean, his path to the NBA is set. I uh, just think, you know, his health is the biggest thing right now. Cause like Mackie said, if there's, if there's some underlying condition or something, this messes up his career. That's, that's a huge, huge shame for something that we've all been looking forward to. I feel like for, we've been talking about Braun and Brawny. He's going to go to the Orlando magic. He's going to go to the Atlanta Hawks. Like, all these teams that LeBron's going to go to just because Bronny gets drafted by him, and then this could change the whole picture of everything. Since Bronny was like 12, bro, I think everyone's been looking forward to this. So this this really is not not anything you want to hear, obviously, but it's just crazy. An 18-year-old going into cardiac arrest, you just don't hear that. Yeah, you shouldn't be hearing about that stuff. Definitely uh, something not good. Hopefully he uh, returns to the court as soon as possible. Mackie, do you know if he's still in the hospital? I know he's not in the ICU. No, he was he was discharged. Okay. Well, that's good at least. Definitely good news there. Let's shift our focus over to some soccer news. Lionel Messi has Lionel Messi only needed 58 minutes to score his first three goals for Inter Miami in the MLS. Nobody's surprised at the domination for the world class superstar he has dis- that he has displayed so far in the U.S. Here's a stat that jumped out to us. The first player to have to score against 100 different teams, and uh, he, uh, he has scored or existed against 111 teams, and he's played 115 in his career. So that's just mad crazy. Obviously, he's dominating out here, having a good time. Fun to watch. What do you guys think? Have you seen any uh, any clips or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I feel like every time I open my phone, I'm seeing Lionel Messi scoring a goal or two in the uh, MLS. He's taking it by storm. It doesn't even look like he's trying. 
I was going to say, I forget the guy's name that said he was going to come over here. And the, the these guys like to think the MLS is hard and they come over here and usually struggle. Like he was being the one hater for Messi coming here. And obviously I, I like Ronaldo. I like Messi. I'm not the biggest soccer guy, so I'm not going to get into that debate. So I just root for the stars and when I can watch them. Now I'll get Lionel Messi on TV in the Eastern time zone in Miami. Like I'm actually going to start tuning in the soccer games. I think like these, they, they look electric on the social media clips I'm seeing and I mean, when you can see a world-class, arguably the best soccer player of all time, I think this is must-see TV. Like, Ace, you said it last week. Anytime LeBron's on, it's must-see TV. I'm starting to get to that point with – I'm going to I'm gonna have to start tuning into some of these Miami games. I really think so. At least till, while I just have baseball on, until football comes on, I might need this for a little bit of a fix. I don't I don't watch a lot of soccer, but isn't this like McDavid going to, like, the OHL or something? Like, the, isn't the MLS terrible? It's like McDavid going to the KHL. Not worse than that, though. That, that, like I feel like the MLS is terrible compared to those European leagues. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I, I expect him to tear it up, right? Do we not? Yeah. No, it's but every game he's scoring goals. Like that's tough to do in soccer. And yeah, definitely. I, I expect yeah. him to I mean, get even better, games, though. Yeah. I expect to get even better. I expect Dude, more. The, the odds for him to come in. He came in. The leading scorer in the MLS had 13 goals. The odds for Messi to be the leader at the end of the season was only plus 375 to catch what? him. To catch him, he's already has a 13 goal deficit, and boom, he's already has three. It's right down to ten. I don't even think that guy scored since Messi's been in the league. <laughs> he's shaking right now. It's probably I'm not even kidding. It's probably like down to 225 already, just because of the start that he's had in two games. Yeah, it's insane. He didn't even play the whole first game. He came in, did a fucking penalty kick or whatever. It's a free kick and puts it right in easily. So disgusting. That was so gross. Yeah. That's he's a dog, and like his goals the other night too. I just saw the highlights of him, and uh, he just easily walks through the whole field. He goes from like pat his own side to the attacking box, gets it right back easily. Just I will it say, in. what's crazy to me about the the MLS is like you see these clips of these games. It's like the, their stadium doesn't look that big. Do you know how big it is? No, I don't know. So I'm gonna look this up. But yeah, yeah it's probably the, it's probably the seating around it. Yeah, I think it's thing. all like bleachers, so it probably seats a lot of people. Twenty one thousand. It's definitely only like one bowl then. It's here, look, I'll show you. It's like a bunch of bleachers. It's not it's like a soccer stadium. Like it's a bunch of bleachers and they're just covered. Right. Yeah. See, like it doesn't have a second level or anything like that. It's pretty <laughs> ever in the past expandable. two weeks. In the past two weeks they've been approved for a new stadium since Messi signed there. <laughs> yeah, all the money they sold in the tickets, though. Didn't we already say this a few weeks ago when he signed? They sold out or something like that? Dude, you should see the renderings for this new stadium. They skyrocketed it up to the tickets went up to like $350 from like less than 50 I just sent, the, I'm sending this picture of the, sta- the renderings for this stadium to you guys in the group chat. This is crazy. It looks like they should be playing in like the fucking Champions League. Just know that, uh, well, Miami is a hotbed for soccer as it is, though. They host a lot of international teams there as well. Um, but just expect more Lionel Messi news to come as we see him light up the MLS. That's sick. I feel like it's every couple of weeks we keep talking about soccer. Soccer's definitely grown in the U.S. I mean, obviously it has a place here, but it's getting bigger and bigger and more dominant. Like I said, when you can watch this guy in in the Eastern time zone and actually catch these games at decent time, like walking legend. Yeah. 
Like, like I said, it's like you said, LeBron's must see TV. I like, I have to catch a couple of these games because I know I didn't watch them a lot other than the World Cup. Like, I just got a ESPN headline: Bronny James family. They act like they don't know LeBron James family. Bronny James family, uh, USC, the in the hospital have made no new comments on his health two days after suffering cardiac arrest. So he is still in the hospital. I don't know. It says no new comments. I thought I saw that he was discharged, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was that he left ICU. Yeah, that, I mean, he's not in ICU anymore. I think he might still be in the hospital with that, from the way that sounds. Not so good there, but the next point I have, I have here, the Women's World Cup rolls along with one of the most intriguing matchups taking place tonight, 9 p.m. between the United States and the, and the Netherlands. Good luck to Team USA as they look to reclaim the gold for the women's there. Very impressive. They're making it there just year in and year out, honestly. Is this? I'd throw on this one, one tonight. It's on tonight. I was going to say, are we like a big favorite? Minus, minus 150. 140. I have minus 143, actually. I just took it. I see minus 155. I might just throw like $150 on that. Yeah, I know. I like them tonight. They win all the time. That, that was like my favorite bet to do the last time they were in the say, World you Cup. You actually know much about it, or are you just taking? <laughs> no, I always, I was doing just their dominance throughout the past few. They're like back to back. Yeah, champions. there's no way they lose. Okay, mm. this is this is the toughest matchup out of all of them, Mackie, or one of them. It's a gambling podcast. Dude, they, my next top three was going to be top three things not to say to someone that has a bet. <laughs> yeah, I know that already has it locked in me. Nah, there's no <laughs> way they, they're too dominant. The last time I heard that was the longest game in college football history. My buddy jinxed it when LSU played Texas A&M, and that game ended Wait. two times and it got overturned. Oh, because it it's a, you're betting on the regular time. Oh, okay. So that that's not a given. No, but I'll still take that. I have minus one forty three. It's not a bad line for Team USA Women's. They're a powerhouse. They win day in and day out of this tournament. Hmm, well, good luck. Thank you. I've seen worse bets on the MLB card. Good stuff, boys. The last point I have here: the UFC Summer Heat is back with another great card, headlined by Dustin Poirier. And Justin, I don't know how to say that. Gaethje. And Justin Gaethje will update you next week on how this highly anticipated matchup plays out. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eager to hear if any of you guys um, have a lean towards this, or if you'll end up watching I'm, or throwing I, on this. I, I don't. I don't know enough about UFC, and I think I've lost like 96 percent of my UFC bets. So, Huff, you have any thoughts on this? Ace, do you know who the, the what the betting line is on it? Don't tell yeah, me. Yeah, I think I, I do. Who's the is Poirier the favorite? Yeah, so slight. Yeah, okay. Gaethje's so I, hard to bet against. I mean, they both are. But every probably, time probably, this is a tough Poirier. one. This is a tough one. I lean Poirier, but a lot of my UFC guys have told me Gaethje at plus one twenty five, one thirty is a good bet. Um, I like Poirier though. I'm a fan of the diamond. I took him when he beat Conor McGregor and he was ten to one odds, but. There's some good good fights on the undercard too. I think Pereira's fighting, and then Pereira's the card, the fight right before him. Yeah, this is a good card, and the cards Derek are good Lewis, for the next few weeks. Kevin Holland, this is a good card. Yeah, there's a lot of names on this one. Should be interesting. This is Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I might have to. We. I might have to go watch this actually. Like yeah, I'm just, such a casual UFC fan nowadays, so but like, this, bigger, is a, this is this is one of the ones you got to see. Huh? Yeah, this is one of the ones you got to tune in for. But my thing with UFC is like, 
Yeah, I guess any underdog is an underdog, and you're getting value there. But I think with UFC, like, yeah, that's a bigger fight. Either of these guys could win. But w- when I take underdogs in the UFC, I like it to be like a pretty juicy one, underdog. Yeah. Like Mackie, what you took that Duplessis this guy what two weeks ago? He was like two eighty five. Like that's yeah, that was nice. Hey, my boy gave me that yeah. too. That was like the there's first UFC bet I've ever like hit. A, I was gonna say there's nothing better than cashing like a big UFC bet on like a knockout and the dude just bought fucking whole body just drops over. You're like, let's go. Yeah, my, usually my, I'm my on the be- other side. My best bet is the UFC bet in my life is the Dustin Poirier over McGregor when it was the plus one thousand. That's I think crazy. you said you hit that as well. But I'm still waiting for uh, August 15th. Not as good of a card, in my opinion. There's some good names. Uh, actually, it might be a better card. They have Marlon Barra, uh, Cody Garbrandt. Then they have Algerian Sterling and Sean O'Malley. So that's the one I'm waiting for, close to my birthday. But I think this one this week will actually be um, must-see TV, in my opinion. Always tied it up. Nice. All right, boys, I think that's just going to about do it. Episode 48 of Hit the Books. I got nothing else to add. We had a great slate of stuff across all the sports leagues. Nothing else from me. Anything else, boys? Let's get this MLB card back to life. We can revive it. We keep saying it every week. We got to just fucking do it. We were saying before the All-Star break, and we said it last week. We keep slipping. We got we to gotta get to it. We got to kind of buckle down here and get to it before it gets too ugly. But, um, yeah, but thanks for listening. Uh, see you guys next week. Like I said, say every week, you know, like, follow, share, subscribe, whatever you can do, the whole nine yards like that. So it goes a long way, and we appreciate it. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.